It's your biggest sports show on Saturday morning. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark and Fox Footy's Kath Lockman as they talk all things sport and tackle the big topics. Is there nothing better than when you walk out of the gym and someone's walking in? Yes. You is that me. really one of the good feelings? It is. Good. I can think of about a hundred better things than walking out of a gym. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Uh, so we're all wondering what the opener would be this week and they went with that. <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I liked it. Good morning. Joey, was like Last time you set foot in a well, gym. Well, funny you say that because good morning, Jay Z. Yes, good morning, Kat. Well, the Danny Froy Centre at Moorabbin yes. that are doing some wonderful things around the mental health space mm. are de- building another little separate gym mm. that the community can use, but as past players will get access to. And there's a pool, there's an infrared sauna, little freebie. So I'm thinking about going down there. Well, wow. hang on a second. We've just got new digs here in uh, Melbourne for Triple M's new studios, yes. and there is a uh, gym downstairs. Is there? Yeah, yeah, there is. Do we get access to that? Um, if you pay, oh. so oh. I don't know if you two want to get into shape, you can oh. maybe. I'm too busy. I'll have to wait till the summer. Well, <laughs> you've been saying for years that you haven't found something that an ex- form of exercise that you feel passionate about. You That's bought right. a bike, and then you sort of you've been on it a couple of times. You know, you started running for a little bit, and then the lap started to stop. So well, if you. Wednesday night basketball does yeah. a little bit, yeah. although I cancelled that because State of Origin was on. So I said, <laughs> I, I, I texted the group, oh, I can't play this week. I got a sore calf, so I could watch the State of Origin. So I so do need to get. Do we motivated. need to find an exercise that Joey is passionate yes. about? Is that what yes. we need to do here on Dead Set Legends? One triple three five no. three. What should Joey do? What about Pilates? No way. That's so boring. <laughs> Yoga. Bad no, squash. even more boring. Squash. I don't squash. Is squash. Good. Yeah. Swimming. I did swim for a while. So yeah, boring. Daddy's boring, though. Yeah. But you lost the passion. Yeah. Right. Anyway, enough about me. How are you this morning? Well, ha- hang on, Joe. Hang on. Because I noticed you come in here with these new white shoes. Oh, very and they, good pick Yes, up. they look magnificent. Yeah. But is that anything to do with the fact that Kath potted you for your shoes last week? Nicest way to say it's peer pressure. The worst <laughs> I can say it's bullying. Kath had been on them my shoes that they were old for, like, months. Yeah. And I could see these eyes. She would judge me looking at my shoes. <laughs> So I, I just said I, on the, during the week I had to get online, order a new pair of shoes. They look good. The kids had to just eat two-minute noodles for the week <laughs> because I had to get a new pair of shoes just so that Kath would stop judging me. Oh, Are you happy on, now? Can, can I bring my side to the story? <laughs> yeah, a bit harsh. Well, I said to Joey, Joey, great sneakers you've got on. Mm. The only problem is you wear them every bloody day. Yeah. So why don't we just add a little bit of variety to your wardrobe? And he's done something about that. The, the only thing is he's bought the same sneaker, <laughs> oh. but in a different colour. You're onto a good thing. Why would you change? You couldn't branch out a little bit. <laughs> and I only see Kath every Saturday morning. So I, on the other days, I wear my other sneakers, Kath. They're my Saturday shoes that you see. Oh, hey, Kath, it's a yeah, very good. Joey, Kath, it's a special day today. And I want you to clear the decks in the second hour Ooh. because we need to talk about that's something very special that's happening today. It's not my mm. birthday. It's, <laughs> it's Pendlebury's 350. Oh, so we so need to clear that on a big chat. She wish. Lots of have analysis. You not, have you asked to cheer him off? Have you sort of put in a request? <laughs> Are you a chance? Did you say <laughs> Pendles? Look, the can, flight, the flight can Taylor Adams t- and I be the two that cheer you off? <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> straight out of here and I'm on the first plane over to Adelaide. <laughs> Hang on. I'm a little bit late to this party. I know you had your little podcast together. Yes. Oh, but how, did, how did this friendship begin? Friend, it's a love fest. Don't call it a friendship. Oh, okay. How did this we thought I did romantic a, relationship Kath, It's more of a one-way love fest. I'm not sure <laughs> Pendles feels quite as strongly about Jay-Z as Jay-Z He's does about married. Pendles. Yeah. That yeah. It's anyway. like Joey and Rui, basically. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All over again. Anyway, uh, I want lots of talk time on uh, Scotty Penderbury in that big game against I, Adelaide later today. I think we need a lot of talk time on St Kilda, mm, Joey. Absolutely, yes. we do. Following and, last night, a pretty dismal performance at Marvel Stadium by the Saints. Brody Grundy leaving Collingwood. We need to talk about that, whether you think Ooh. that would be a good Jeez, move. You've come you in tell hot. me, who's going to coach North? I want to know that too. Oh, oh. 10 All minutes, right. I reckon. Let's. Jesus. I think it could be one man's job if he wants it. Wow. Talk about that in a sec. Who? We'll, oh, Kath. We'll, 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 okay. We'll tease. Oh, all tease. <laughs> <laughs> will we? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joe Jane Kath. Pick the handball up. Jamara Hugo Hagen snapped around the body. Loved it off the boot. Going to give it to Hannon on his own. Takes a little sidestep. Got around Mason Wood. Mitch Hannon is going to boot another one for the dogs. They've kicked the first seven goals of the game. Back to Bonapelli. He's got his own footy at the moment. Launches a long one from 50 metres out. Marcus Bonapelli nails it. Garcia picks it up. He snaps. He loves it off the boot. Well, Friday night footy was a bit of a letdown. Unless you're a Dogs fan, of course, and it was great. But it was a completely one-sided affair for the first three quarters. The Western Bulldogs were smashing St Kilda, led by 50 points at three-quarter time. The Saints did mount. Bit of a late comeback, but in the end, it was the Dogs by 28. Joey, can you summarise, and we will celebrate the Dogs' win and and talk about them, but can you summarise how you felt as a Saints man to see your team perform like that when finals were on the line? Oh, look, extremely disappointed. Uh, It was a huge occasion. It was the massive build-up. Two teams just hanging in there to play finals footy, everything on the line, and to dish up what they did, particularly in the first half, was as poor as I've seen from a St Kilda team for a long time, they had 11 tackles at half time. They looked flat. They didn't know, look like they knew what they were doing on offense. Uh, they weren't able to stop the Western Bulldogs on defense, and then they were getting smashed around the footy. So it's, it's really frustrating. I know a lot of Saints fans are frustrated that this continues to happen, that they just lack that, that real grit and determination, and they know their game is based off pressure. That, that is where it starts for St Kilda, and they weren't able to bring it, and then they, they get what they get. How does it change, though, so dramatically when a fortnight ago we saw that pressure was elite and they defeated Carlton in an epic win? You compare that to what we yeah. saw last night. Unfortunately, it's, it's too often the case. They pick and choose. They, they pick and choose when they want to bring their elite effort, when they want to get after the opposition, and that allows them to get easy goals. And you can picture St Kilda getting goals out the back when they, when they bring that forward pressure in, particularly in the front half and through the middle of the ground and turn the ball over. But too often they don't bring it week in, week out. They're inconsistent. Um, they're not. They're conditional when they bring their effort and their pressure effort, particularly. And then that's why this season they've been so inconsistent. They were eight and three. They were five and one. They were eight and three. And since then they've won one of their last six. They've won four of eleven now. But the alarm bells were there before that. Their profile, the way they move the ball, the way they defend, and even their contest has been a real concern for a couple of months now. So it's back to the drawing board for the Saints in where they want to go as, as a footy club. I was really impressed by Jamara Hagen. I thought that was – I know he's only played 15 games, so I, it was the it was the most stunning show of his talent I think we've seen in his career. So that really got me excited. Started with a couple of his efforts in the first couple of minutes where he didn't take marks, but he launched at a couple of balls. He had intent right from the outset, which yep. stood out, and then he got his yep. rewards a little bit later. And then you think – you know, so we've been calling out, hey, where's the co-pilot for Aaron Norton? And then you see that goal where he sidestepped, wheeled around, snapped from 35 metres out, because that was the talk. He's got a Lance Buddy Franklin almost sort of athleticism about him. And and last night, for the first time, I thought, oh, wow, this guy is, you know, super exciting. But what, what I thought you and uh, David King on Fox Footy last night were terrific in your analysis, didn't miss it. It was one of the worst performances of the season last night from St Kilda. But David King in particular put in question 
the game plan. He said that this wasn't a, a finals-type game plan that Brett Ratton and St Kilda was building. Do you agree with that? Because they've just they've just recontracted this man based on his method. And then David King last night, and I really respect Kingy, says the, the whole battle plan isn't right. Do you agree with that? It's or is it the execution of it? It's it's. it's- it's a combination of everything. It's not one thing, but I think it is fair to say when you think about St Kilda, what does their football look like? You know, teams even say Hawthorne. We yeah. know they're not winning games, but you can see how they Offense. how they want to play. Yeah. Adelaide Crows, you know, they're not scoring, but you can see how they want to play. St Kilda's it's hard to picture, and I think for me it is a bit of a one trick pony. I think when they do apply the pressure, mm-hmm. like they did against Carlton, like they did in the first half against Fremantle. They get after the opposition, they turn the ball over, and then they're explosive back towards goal and Higgins and Butler and Membry, and they can get those goals out the back. But if they don't bring that, I think there's it's very hard to see how else they play their football. And unfortunately, they haven't done it for enough for since round six. I mean, there are only other couple of wins. They beat North Melbourne, they beat Adelaide. The Geelong game, which was a great win, but if you remember that game, it was a third quarter where they got all the goals out of stoppages. Paddy Ryder had an unbelievable 15 minutes where they kicked six goals and beat Geelong, so reliant you, on Ryder, yeah, and that's and that's a, it's a concern as well when you're reliant on a 34 year old ruckman. So when you say back to the drawing board earlier for St Kilda, do you mean game plan? Do you mean lists? Because it is questionable their list at the moment in terms they've got a lot of players in that prime age bracket, yet they're a middle table. Yeah, team. and but, I think they went back to the drawing board this draft. So I think they realised that they've got a good list, but they went back to the draft for this year. They think they need to do it again. They need to find more talent. It's back to the drawing board, yes, with their profile and their brand and how they want to play their footy. And it's back to the drawing board with the playing group about how much and how much they invest in regards to their effort, their contest, and their willingness to do it week in, week out, quarter in, quarter out. Mm. Because we've seen their best, but they don't bring it often enough. It's inconsistent. And that's why they're getting the results they get. So they need to look at themselves in the mirror as well and say, why can't I bring the same effort and intensity every single week? Finals hopes are life for the Bulldogs. Even with Norton last night, I thought, well, without Norton, then, you know, St Kilda, a really big chance here. There was an opportunity. It was an opportunity missed. And Brett Ratton didn't pull any punches last night, Leroy. As a team in this space where, you know, Friday night, we're trying to make finals, we're trying to get into the finals, and we deliver that performance is below par. And our pressure's been up and down in games, but when it's been poor, uh, opposition have really punished us, and that happened again. Um, and that's that's been a bit of a constant since the break. And then you have a look at some of these stats. Winners last night, Brad Hill, they'd love more wheels to the midfield, Joey. Brad Hill has uh, 11 possessions. Ryder went off. I th- it was reported initially as an Achilles. I think it's a calf injury. He had four touches, but as I said, was subbed out. Max King, he had uh, 12 possessions. Then it brings into question selection policy and does the coach need to make a statement? We need everybody contributing there, and that's what we got in the first half of the year. We got a lot of blokes contributing. At the moment, we're carrying too many who are just not performing at the level that we're after or you know, assisting their teammates when it's needed. Yeah, I think they need to bring in some players that will bring that unconditional effort. Daniel McKenzie's a big out. He was one that did that. I think Ben Long is one that does that, but he was the sub, but he had influence when he came on. Um, young Machito Owens and Windhager are two players, yep. even in their first year, that bring that effort. I'd like to see them get more games. Caulfield and Clark? Well, they're, they're two that can continue to improve in that area. They're, they both weren't playing last night, so yep. they they you know are certainly part of their, their best team. But uh, there's plenty to go. One thing I would like to – it's two weeks in a row now I've heard Brett Ratton keep referencing finals. I would like for St Kilda – and this is 
We spoke about this in Plague. Forget about the results. Forget about playing finals and worry about just how you want to play. So last week he said we missed an opportunity against Fremantle to play finals. Last night, finals. Let's just worry about, hey, let's play our best football. Good point. Let's bring our effort and let the results take care of itself. Let's not worry about the results. Let's just worry about what we can control. That's what I'd like to see from St Kilda going forward because – as bad as they've been playing and as bad as they were last night, they still are a chance to play finals. And, Kath, the, the mini run on late, I don't buy it. Like the no, last that's, quarter, no, that's all, no, like no. that is Ross Lyon yep. classic. Means nothing. Be emotionally brave in the first quarter. Yes. It just made the scoreline look a little bit more flattering, yep. didn't it, at the yep. end of the day? But yep. <clears throat> the true story is they were smashed. Um, the North Melbourne coaching job, we have to discuss everything kangaroos next. You've just said that you think it is one man's job if he wants I, it. I think... I, th- I think it could be sorted pretty quickly. Wow. I wanted to ask you about Ross Lyon too. We'll do that next. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joe Janka. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. The big story of the week was Tuesday when North Melbourne parted ways with their senior coach in David Noble. They take on Richmond this afternoon in what will be a tough test for the Kangaroos. Lee Adams, the interim coach. But the big question is who will be coach of North Melbourne next season? And you seem quite certain on one well, man in particular. Who? It, was, it was interesting to see the, see the CEO go for a walk and talk with Nathan Buckley yesterday. But I think the chances of Nathan Buckley being coach in North Melbourne next year are zero to none. I doubt he will coach again, but we'll ask him on Best on Ground tonight. So yes. tune in, Fox look, Hoodie. Look forward to that. I would expect him to say that's not on his radar um, at the moment. But having spoken to a lot of people over the last 48 hours, I'm interested in your thoughts here, Joey, too. I think if Ross Lyon wants the North Melbourne coaching job, it is absolutely his. And this could be sealed up by about Wednesday. Really? So they... The, Wait, the, what? The question is, the question is, so he's, I think he's up in Queensland at the moment, holiday, and you're taking some, you know, time. It's had a busy, busy footy season, and we'll find out tomorrow. This will be the biggest story, I think, in football over Sunday, the next rub will go through the roof 24 tomorrow. hours. Hang on. You are gonna, are, it's Saturday, and you're yeah. saying by Wednesday, Ross Lyon could be announced as the next senior coach of North Melbourne. Well, I think he has a decision to make because they would absolutely want him. And if he wants the job, I think it's his, from what I can gather. But what's the rush? Hang on. They haven't even got a coaching committee yet. They haven't (laughs) gone through an interview process. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just say, we'll just pick him and say, if he wants it, it's his. I think they can do that. Really? Well, wouldn't they say that to Alistair Clarkson? You think they're going to make Alistair Clarkson go through a process? That's true. It's a good point. They're going to weigh up Ashley Hansen, who is a very good young coach, against versus Alistair Clarkson. Why are you saying Wednesday? Why not Tuesday? My point is – that this is, I think this is really um, straightforward from here if he wants it. However, we sit next to him every Sunday, um, Joey, and you and I absolutely um, love and respect his work. He's always given us the impression that he's not interested in a return to coaching. But I just, I just wonder, right, mm. with, you know, like I think Ruzi got like 1.5 a year to resurrect Melbourne. Like, if, the, if North Melbourne, with the AFL's backing, say, Rusey, we love you. You're a uh, Rusey. Ross, we love you. You're our man. You bring everything we want. You are the hard man who can bring standards and confidence and belief and culture. And here's 1.5 a year to do it over the next four. 
like it would be hard to turn down, wouldn't it? I know he says to us, oh, I'm yeah, he does. Coach. He I does. love hanging out with but you boys and I don't want the headache. All that sort of it's stuff. It's like me saying I'd never run a marathon. If you gave me a million dollars to go and train up for a marathon, I'd run yeah. a marathon. New um, set of shoes. Yeah. What, what's, your, <laughs> no. what's your gut feel? My gut feel before you just dropped that bomb on me this morning was that I, as the conversations that we generally have with Ross, it feels like he, he's not interested in going into coaching and that he's enjoying his life. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what the fire is inside. We don't know um, if he's got that temptation. I do. What I will say is I do think he would be a brilliant coach for the Kangaroos. I think everything you touched on, he will bring culture. He'll bring standards. uh, He will be fully invested. It won't just be the playing group. He'll be able to bring together a football department and set a real foundation for that club for long term. So I do think he'd be a brilliant coach. It's would, just whether he wants to do it, which I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Would it's, he walk into the North Melbourne coaching job at the moment with the current setup in oh, terms no. of CEO, Ben Amafio, oh. President Sonia Hood? Are you are you it's walking great, into that or have you got concerns given the track record of this club? It is absolutely a great point, Kath, because what he says to us when we ask him about setting up a club and a team, he, the first thing he goes to is alignment, right? Yep. Alignment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Board. CEO, recruiting, coaching, development, it all has to be singing off the same hymn sheet. He's not going to waste his time with factions and divisions and, and unalignment. So that's what he would – that would be the number one thing on his uh, on his wish list, I think. He would want the whole setup as he would like and knowing that they're all on the same page, etc. So I think Ben Amafio as a CEO of the North Melbourne Football Club is in huge trouble. I know Sonia Hood, the president, said something different, but – I think, you know, that's just people have your backing until you change your mind. So they said during that press conference there wouldn't be wholesale changes to the club. What they, did you they think they of the like their, their, their list? But my, my point is, yeah. are you going to get an Alistair Clarkson and a Ross Lyon or, or one of those senior experienced coaches, which, which they need? Yep. Are you going to get one of those if there are no more changes at North Melbourne? I don't think you are. I think no. there needs to be more change in order to lure an experienced coach and, like that. And Clark or Ross Lyon would have a huge say in um, in what that looked like. There's no doubt about that. What did you think of that press conference? I was a bit underwhelmed. And I know it's about you got to pay your respects to David Noble, and we all feel sad for him. Not, no one, you know, it's just very unpleasant. But I think as Sonia Hood from the president, she was very short, and then yeah. pumping up the list, like, I, I don't know, I wasn't... I think there are times when a short, sharp answer is required, such as when she was asked about Alistair Clarkson and, and who could be the next senior coach. You don't need to speculate with David Noble sitting alongside you. That's not the right forum. Yep. But then there are other questions that I think do need more explanation, particularly given the track record of this club. You've just sacked another coach after 38 games in charge. Yep. You need to provide a bit more of an explanation as to what's gone wrong here. Yep. And as you said, the list. Yep. I mean, I think we can all agree there needs to be a bit of work done on that. Yeah. Angaroo's list and more talent injected. Um, and so to say that the, the list was in yeah. good shape, I don't think many people agreed with that. The club has been run poorly over the past few years. I don't think um, you can disagree with that. Clarkson, does he want the job? It sounds like no. Uh, Adam Simpson seems happy in the West on Pike, seems to want to stay in Sydney. Maybe is it GWS for him? So it leaves them with a pool of untried assistants, which would be... But if it's not Ross, it's, then they've got to do the, the uh, process and get the best assistant coach that's out there. If not, maybe it's at Leon Cameron. Maybe. You're right. So then it's Adam Uze or Adam Kingsley and Ash Hansen, who might be fantastic like Craig McRae, but you're taking more of a punt there. That is why I think Ross Well, they just Lyon, can't get the next one wrong, can they? They can't get no. the next coaching appointment and wrong. And who's the safest bet out there? Who's the who's the most the safest available man? Yeah, well, I think. It's, it's any of any of those big names you mentioned. Clarkson, yep. Don Pike, Ross Lyon. The one thing before we go, Kath, the one thing we 
I think I didn't get out of the press conference, which I would have liked, was what were the failings that led to this decision? Yes. Because they sort of said, oh, well, the scoreboard speaks for itself. Right. Why was the scoreboard yes. that way? That's what well, I mean. More explanation. Yeah. I'm totally agreeing with what you're saying. What went? What about the method? What was it about the relationship? So were they protecting David Noble essentially by not sharing what the feedback was in regards to why he got sacked? Well, maybe, but it's a bit unavoidable, isn't it? Like you've got to – it's a big business. You've got to answer the – And de- I get it. Sometimes you don't want to air – some Dirty some laundry. information exactly yeah. like you know there's an there's an art to it but I think uh, North Melbourne fans deserved a bit more of an explanation. What did the review mm. reveal? Why were the results so poor? That's what I we all know. The results are poor, but why? Yes, well, the review's not done yet either. So there'll be more to come surely. Interesting. Um, wow. Jeez. Well, jeez, take a deep breath, everyone. I think we were up. going to a bit of COVID news we wanted to touch on as well, but uh, we'll, we'll save that for later on. We'll- yep. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Morning, Rusty. Always good to chat. I want to get straight to the point today. I want to talk about Dan Ricardo because it was interesting his social media posts during the week, shutting down rumours about his F1 future. What do you know? Kath, Joey, Jay, good morning. Um, basically, what, what has compounded this, Kath, is that uh, McLaren made a move to secure a driver in IndyCar in the United States, and there's a separate brawl going on over a driver by the name of Alex uh, Pillow. What the, the whole world then said was, where are they going to place this driver, McLaren, within their family? And so the rumour mill goes crazy. Will he ultimately replace uh, Dan Ricardo, or, or will the shakeout effect Dan? So, for the first time, and we've discussed it, you know, uh, on several Saturdays on this show, for the first time since these rumours have been going around, he's actually physically addressed it. So, put a bit of a statement together, a couple of quotes on social media. He's not going anywhere. He's committed to 2023 and and the contract that he's got with with them. We know he's had a few struggles, but the car hasn't been necessarily perfect for him either. But we're starting to see a little bit of. Uh, a, you know, glimmers of hope, if you will, and he's a bit closer to his teammate now on, on more regular occasions, which is good. Ah, uh, that's interesting. Him and Lando have buddied up. So I understand that Dan wants to stay, but for me, the bigger question is whether McLaren actually want him, and I think that is going to be fascinating over the second course of the season. Hey, do you think this F1 season is already wrapped up? So Verstappen leading by 38 points already on 208 points over Charles Leclerc from Ferrari on 170. Is this Max is, is Max's title in the bag already, do you reckon? I, you know, the, the lover of sport in me wants to say no, but looking at things at the moment, you, you just on paper, you would say yes. And probably the, the more um, detailed answer is the way that Ferrari has tripped up on occasions, because that has really helped Red Bull, hasn't it? So if they, if they can start doing things uh, where, where you know they don't have an issue with Carlos Sainz's car, where it launches an engine or they strategically make the best calls, then they're going to be in a, a better position to go toe to toe every weekend mm. with Red Bull. It is a long championship. We're not at the half. Well, I mean, we're, we're halfway, but we're not quite at the summer break yet. So there's a lot to play out in the second half of the season. If they can get their act together and always be challenging um, Red Bull, it might be a stronger second half of the season. But yes, Max is to lose. It would seem. Rusty, I know I promised you as well that we will get to the Monaco uh, Grand Prix next year, but unfortunately Triple M's uh, splurged on some new digs here in Melbourne, so I don't think it's looking likely. Just wanted to keep you updated on that. But thanks for your time this morning. We'll chat next week. Never give up on the Dreamcast. See you guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Rusty. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. 
the Dead Set Legends. Put that in the book. Saturday scoreboard. Ah, uh, yes, Saturday scoreboard. How we want to touch on the British Open to start with because it is the 150th anniversary and it's at St Andrews, the historic and famous golf course, one of the great tournaments in the world. And at the moment, at the halfway mark, after two rounds, our boy Cam Smith mm. is 13 under and leading by two shots. So it's uh, there's going to be a lot of late nights, particularly for you, Leroy, who loves your golf. But I backed him as well. I put yeah, I put money on Cam Smith. Did, did you? you? You did. I did it. Everyone does. I got told about Cam Smith and I didn't put any money on him. 23. Does he win it from here, Joey? Well, he's in the box seat. He's in the box seat. But as we know, there's a lot to play out and there are some big names just behind him. So Scotty Scheffler, the world number one, is not far behind. Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy, who Mm. was also a pre-tournament tip, is three shots off the lead. So there's some big names, but we've got four Aussies inside the top 20. So Adam Scott... He's uh, tied for eighth. He shot seven under yesterday, so he's on seven under after shooting an even par first round. Min Woo Lee, the young star, he's six under. And another young star, Lucas Herbert, is also at six under. So they're all within contention. They're tied for 12th. So they're giving uh, the Aussies a good run for their money, and it will be great golf over the next few nights. Can you explain quickly why the hoo-ha about St. Andrews? What's uh, so special, Leroy? What's, what's so special about this golf? Yeah, it's well just the history. It's the history. Yep. It's so, like the MCG. Long grass. Not not a heap. It's just a long. I Bunk, mean, the course, is tricky? the bunkers are, in, are impossible. They share greens, but there are there's about five holes where they can drive the par fours and get on the green. So, so it's, it's a big scores. It's, it's, I think it's the best score after uh, I think after thirty six holes we've seen at the British Open, yep. thirteen under. What was your stat, Leroy? You said yeah. So Cam, Cam Smith's currently thirteen under. Yeah. He would have won fifteen of the past twenty tournaments mm-hmm. at that. Yeah, score. really. Yep. So that's how good the weather's been. The weather's helped. Yeah, yep. and he can putt our man too. So I don't, he's not going to be affected by the nerves. He's as cool as they come. So I think if someone can handle being in front, two-shot lead, I think it's Cam Smith. I think he wins from here. He wins a major, and then the sponsors are just going to come knocking, won't they, with Cam Smith? If they're not already. Hey, last night the soccer was on. Melbourne Victory played Man United, MCG. Didn't catch a lot of that. 74,500 people were at the MCG. Uh, 4-1. 4-1 to Man United. Did anyone see any of that? None. Bits and bobs. No. Anyway, that was... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't see any of it. I was working at the footy, so unfortunately so didn't see that. But yeah. So that was a great crowd, nearly 75,000. Yeah. Hey, the Wallabies take on England tonight at the SCG in the third and final oh, test match. Big. That's locked in at one all. Yep. So that's a big one for those that like the uh, rugby union. And then the rugby league, Melbourne Storm, they've lost, I think, three in a row. And they're taking on Canberra tomorrow afternoon. State of Origin, Wednesday night. How, How good. brutal was that? Felt like you were watching an old 80s match, which oh, I loved. Three <laughs> players knocked out in the first three and a half minutes with head head clashes. It was it was phenomenal. Great game and well done to Queensland. The big outside has got the job done. Been described as the greatest State of Origin match ever. I think mm, one of the... Maybe, eh, maybe a slight exaggeration, really? but it wasn't far Pretty off. It was a great. It yeah. was great. Hey, it is one of those nights you get jealous that we don't have it in the AFL. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And we yeah. don't have that rivalry as well. Yeah. We need to work that out, Joey, when we can fit in State of Origin. Quick question on the Australian career team. Who do you connect with? Like when we grew up, we had pictures of Mark Waugh, Shane Warren on our bedroom wall, right? Steve Waugh, all of them. Damien Martin, I love. Alan Border was on my wall. Matty Hayden. Right? Who do you connect with in the Australian cricket team right now? Anyone? I think Uzi Kawaja seems the most down-to-earth. Cummins? I like Trav Head. Travis Head's probably my yeah. one. But the point, but is it because we're there? The because, point's valid though, right? It is. So is that not a not? Is that because we're older though? We're <laughs> grumpy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. if you guys had posters of Pat Cummins in your bedrooms at the moment, I'd be worried. Like you're a, you're a kid. <laughs> you, know, you grow up. You love them. You think they're super. But I I get your point as well. They yeah. were. 
I mean, it was the golden era. I just don't know whether there is that connection between the Australian cricket team and the cricketing public. I could be wrong out there. I'd be interested to know what the Pat people... Cummins is very likable, though. A super... And Cam Green. There's yeah. a few yeah. still there. Super likable. Yeah. I, I just wonder whether need, more work needs to be done on that, getting more of the players and their personalities out there. I don't feel like we get enough of that. Switching codes, AFL and trade speculation. So this one oh, starts to really right now, Jay Z's wheelhouse. Yeah, you, you've got your own. You're the one with your own trade show. Yes, that's when trade time is actually on. But yeah. let's get into it. I let's like it. it. Grundy, Grundy, Collingwood better off without Grundy. Joey, you're the expert. We'll save that for after the break. Talk about it. Oh, another little tease <laughs> from you two. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Jay-Z, I'm going to hit you hard here with all the trade talk. So mm-hmm. Brody Grundy mm-hmm. and his future. How yep. many years left on his contract? Five. Five. Paying? 9.50, I think, to the cent. 9.50. Yep. Do yep. you see him playing out that contract with Collingwood? Let's talk about it. I think there's a big crossroad um, for Collingwood and Brody Grundy. Look, I think it's more likely he stays because this is going to be a hard deal to do on that sort of money. And as I understand it, Brody Grundy wants to stay and he's very happy at Collingwood. So it would be like Adam Trelaw. They're going to have to move him against his wishes and there's some serious headwinds. So Collingwood would have to pay will pick up some of the tabs. So just say Port Adelaide or GWS take Brody Grundy. They pay him sort of like Adam Chalor, sort of 700 maybe, and then Collingwood has to pick up the extra 250 because that's what was agreed as part of his uh, contract, and he's got a very good manager in Robbie D'Arazio. But as I understand it, he wants to stay. But for Collingwood, is it the better deal? Because if Grundy goes to GWS, for example, Kath and Joey, they could get potentially Timmy Taranto and maybe Bobby Hill back in that deal. So was Collingwood better off with two value-based ruckmen in Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox and uh, Aiden Begg and maybe another sort of bit parter if they need as, as backup and then have Tim Taranto in that midfield forward mix with a bit of Bobby Hill for his speed and polish. Or are they better with um, Brodie Grundy, who was dual All-Australian, I think, 18, 19, but since then hasn't probably had the, the impact. So what do you see happening at this crossroad? Because as I understand it, Joey, Culling would be interested in exploring some options around Brodie Grundy. Yeah, it's look, it's interesting because it's, it all depends on how they want to view what their best setup looks like. And we know Brodie Grundy's a very, very good ruckman. So, yes, they're a better team with him in it. But in regards to the value, can they get better value for the money and get some others in, like you mentioned, a Tim Taranto or Bobby Hill to get some speed in the front half? I think you probably can. I think the ruckman value is not as... Um, it's not as significant as what maybe it used to be. I think Darcy Cameron's now shown he can be the number one ruck. Yep. And I think you can find there's a lot, a lot of movement with backup rucks around the competition. You can probably get it another backup ruck yep. for a, a less of a price. It can be the second ruck forward. Darcy Ford. Somewhat, there's, there's a number of them that, that are running around. And then, as you said, you fray, free up the money that you'd move on from Brody Grundy and you get another gun that you specifically need into your club. And I don't this, – this sort of talk about, oh, but you can't have another player that Collingwood are paying running around for another team. But to me, that doesn't make sense because even if they did pay a couple hundred thousand of Brody Grundy, mm-hmm. that still frees up $700,000 <laughs> that they can target a player that they want. Yep. So it still works out better for the club if that's what they think they need. So, um, yeah, they should be open to it. But I think, again, more likely in these situations, the player ends up staying. Yep. I think that will probably happen. But it's not the worst idea because I do rate Darcy Cameron as now, I think, being capable of being the number one ruck. Yes, they've got Mason Cox, but I still think they need to find 
a a cheaper backup ruck sort of slash second forward that can play, and there's plenty of them in the competition. The GWS situation is interesting because where Collingwood was dangerously over the cap in 2020, I think GWS are dealing with the same situation by about a million dollars or potentially more. Really? So it's Taranto, it's Jacob Hopper, it's Tanner Bruin. Remember when Tanner Bruin got drafted by GWS and he got up he and flat hugged, as a tack, flat as a biscuit, the uh, Geelong Falcons midfielder. So I think the Cats like the look of Tanner Bruin. So um, Jacob Hopper and Tim Taranto. I mean, Tim, Tim Taranto is a guy, Joey and Kathy, who hasn't been able to break into that GWS midfield. Right, He's been playing largely as a, as a bit of a half-forward yeah, flanker. Yeah, no, but that's that's a little bit of a misconception because there are other Giants players in that team that can only play midfield. So Taranto's got the ability to play forward. That's why they've used him there because if you think about Hopper and Tom Green, they can really only play as inside mids. And then the, you've got to mix it up with a bit of speed. So that's why Canelio's back in there and Cali, et cetera. So Taranto... He's absolutely more than capable of being a number one midfielder. I think he'd be brilliant at Richmond as that midfielder who can push forward, kick goals. So I think Taranto is a, is a gun. He's just being played out of position more because they've got other players that can only play as an inside mid. And and that is where I think at Collingwood, and as Richmond, you say, who need to beef up that midfield, Taranto can establish himself as a bona fide star on baller of the competition. Yeah. Because I think he's been playing forward, flanking a little bit midfield at times, but... And that, that carrot is going to be part of the... He would be a good get for whichever club getting Tim Taranto. He's the prototype of that big, tough midfielder inside that can hit the scoreboard. You mentioned GWS and their financial concerns. Yep. What do you think about Phil Davis then? So he's contracted for next year, but obviously done the hamstring tendon yeah. injury again. Do you think he'll play on or do you think be he may... Um, it's probably more unlikely that he'll play on. But I think there's always going to be an element of... It, err on the side of keeping your veterans for one more year because he doesn't have to be in their best team. Hopefully they have a rock-solid defence and they go past him. But having someone like that quality on your list, when you've got 45 spots, you can afford to have a 33-year-old that is a super leader, well-respected, there if you need him, if he's not necessarily in your best team. I think there's still a place for those guys, especially if they're on not a lot of money in their la- and they want to yep. just stay on a list. So if Phil Davis wants to play on, they'll, they'll, they'll be mad to not, but... Maybe he's thought his injuries have caught up with him and that's enough. He's, and he's probably someone who's going to achieve outside of football life after anyway. I think that he'd be someone they'd still want around the club, you know, yeah. even if he's not playing as a different role, or coaching yeah. or do, something You like do that. anything to keep the peace with Phil Davis and yep. Callan Ward who have done so much yep. for that club. Jordan Rufford's doing the same at Collingwood. It sounds like Carl Aim on the Port Adelaide. Jared Geary's now doing it at St Kilda. Yes. Yep. Staying on. Hawthorne, I think, uh, keep an eye on him. St Kilda uh, also Who's that? interested. Amon. Carl Amon. Oh, yes. Hawthorne, add some wheels to that midfield, which probably needs a, a bit of movement and speed in there. And also, um, interesting, Daniel Collingwood into Daniel McStay. Yes. Just quickly, does it? what does it mean for Ollie Henry, who's uncontracted at Collingwood, two years, still hasn't signed. They're trying at the moment to sign. Does it impact negatively on Ollie Henry, because don't they sort of play the same position? Yeah. Or am I misreading No, that? that's a good one. I hadn't thought about that. Third tall, yeah, because you've got my check. You're going to have probably a resting Ruckman or someone Cox else or down Cameron. there. Yep, someone else. If and McStay then, comes in, does that mean? Are we certain that McStay is going to play forward? Is that why he's being picked? I suppose they've got a solid defense. We could play, also, could play both. Is yeah. it true around four to five years for Dan McStay? On, on good money. Yeah. On good money. That's yeah. a concern. It is a concern for me, Daniel McStay. I, I, you've, you said this from the start. I rate him. I rate him. Workhorse. He's like my check mark two, right? He's a workhorse, absolutely. But, but he's not a number one. That's right. Or a number two, probably. It's, also, after it's a big the commitment. Trelaw saga, the now Grundy complications with his contract and how much money he's on, perhaps, like, do you sign a Dan McStay for 
on a four or five year deal on good money? I what, like what, it. What's good money for him? Well, it's like five fifty six hundred. Five fifty six, yeah, yeah, which is a good deal for him. A very good deal for him. I can see yes. why he's yeah. leaving. Nick Geishan's his manager. I think you know it's an attractive mm. uh, proposition. So yeah, very interesting. I but I just wonder. I hope Collingwood's not impacting Oliver Henry because I think he's gone past Jaden Stevenson. Oliver Henry would be a better player than Jaden Stevenson, and I think he is someone that they want to protect in that forward setup because I think he'd be a star. Are you agreeing? Uh, he's uh, got the potential to be a star. A yeah. greater. Yeah. yeah, he's got the talent to be a star. Yeah. That is trade talk done for this Saturday morning. We can always go longer, can't we, with the trade speculation. But we need to head to a break because Limo is here. He has been uh, devouring some sort of sandwich. I know, I it looks see, good his too. morning oh. coffee. He's happy about it and he's going to join us uh, shortly. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joey Jane Kath. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. How are we all? Uh, oh, we've been a good show. Yes. He's dropping bombs I've left, right, and centre. It's yeah, been good. everyone's up and about. Yes. Um, I've got a pick one Go. for you. So you always give Joey and yep. us pick ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one for you. Yes. So you alerted me to a very funny tweet this morning, which yes. is a clip of uh, Joey and Kingy and on the pa- Fox footy coverage last night. You and it was the scene a little bit. Well, it's it's Kingy trying to engage with Joey. He's, yes. he's looking for a bit of support yes. with whatever he's saying. Yeah. And Joey's just on his phone scrolling. So you're obviously, looking che- at stats. You're obviously checking stats. Yeah. Yeah. But the, me- the, the caption was something along the lines of when your wife's trying to talk to you and you've yeah. got a tweet that's doing numbers, numbers. or something. Yeah. My wife could relate to Kingy <laughs> for sure, yes. 100%. Anyway, my yes. pick one yes. is who is the better Analyst. Analyst. David King or Lee Montagna. They both (laughs) set such a high standard. It is a very high bar. But I would say that Kingy has taken our mate Joey under his wing and developed him. And now I feel like our man just may have leapfrogged him in a a way that has just like sent the Fox Busters bosses into a spin because (laughs) it just means they're going to have to find more salary cap room for our man to keep him because he has emerged. He's not only the recruiting guru who's turned Fremantle into a premiership force, but he's also emerged as one of the best analysts in the game. He understands the game plan. He's across all the players. How's that no, no, yeah, no, that's very nice. No, but King, he's like Lenny Hayes, just taking me under his oh, wing, learning yeah. everything off the best, and no, in all uh, just honesty, hardest. you two are like a married couple, really. Yeah, you, you, you work very well in tandem. You Thank and King. Can I ask you one quickly? You can answer yes. it later. Here we go. Greatest magpie ever. Cat. Oh, yes. Nathan I like Buckley this. or Scott oh. Pendlebury? Very good one. Easy one. Um, <laughs> I've got one for you. Who do you project forward for me? And I know we haven't seen a lot of these two guys, but just humor me anyway. Who's going to have the better career, Jamara, Eugle Hagen, or Sam Darcy? Which of those two? We haven't even seen Sam Darcy yeah, on the AFL stage. He's seen all the, um, the yeah. nab stuff, the underage stuff. The yeah. recru- this is what recruiters got to do. They get their crystal balls out. They've got to project forward. I don't know <laughs> if I like these ones. They're what? two young players. Just let them be. They'll be, no, they'll be no both way. great. Sam Darcy at 209 <laughs> centimetres could be revolutionary. Like we're talking about these 200 centimetre key forward, key backs. He could yeah, be, Prince. he's a unicorn. He could be anything, Sam Darcy. So I'll go him. But Jamara will be a very, very good player too. Don't worry about that. Where do you They'll see, both be all Australians. Because Sam Darcy could play late this season. We're going to see him. What position do you think we'll see him in? Start him in the back line and then develop him into a key forward as he puts on size and gets a bit more confident. Because these De Konings, we're going to talk about them later, the tall, tall key backs who have that flexibility can be the... Crucial. Pillar of defence. Mm.
You mentioned the Taconings. How about the superstars on offer this tonight at the MCG with Jordan and Colton yeah. going head to head? It's going to be an epic game. game. Let's get Limo in. Good morning, Limo. Limo. guys. It is lovely to be here with you in the brand new studios. Joey, good to see you. Because the last time I was in, Daisy Thomas was very strong. <laughs> oh, oh he put in a good performance. Yes, and yeah. I was worried. Because you never take a day off in showbiz, you know that. No, I know. I know. That's uh, all right. Um, I needed it. You've <laughs> been on a trip? Oh, have I? Oh, man. I've just been on a camper van holiday around Australia. Wow. Oh, well, not around Australia. We, was, we flew to Alice Springs, picked up a camper van, drove to Uluru and then up to Darwin. Oh, wow. How was it? Yeah, well, yeah. At its moment. <laughs> yeah. A six-birth van, which I'm here to tell you, is not a six-birth van. That is a massive lie the camper van industry is oh. telling you. It was me, my wife, my son, my mother-in-law, mm. and one of our very good friends. Right. Uh, five of us in a camper van. Yeah. And that is that is and it was also it was every single permutation of conflict you can have in your personal life was in that van. Right, okay. There's not an argument yeah. you've had in your life that did not exist inside that van. Oh, I can imagine. The very good friend being a superstar publicist at yes. Fox Footy, Steph Rosara, who yeah. is very positive. So I imagine she helped the situation Steph, a lot. Steph was magnificent. Steph was great. The mother-in-law, not so much. <laughs> did, you, did you come out of the experience closer? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. We pulled into Mataranka, right? I p- pulled up in the van and I got out to check us in and I'm talking to the lady at the check-in. The lady just looks up at the van and she goes, right, to so two adults? And I go, no, nah, it's actually four adults and a five-year-old. She stops writing mid-word, looks up at me and goes, how's that working out for you? <laughs> yeah, no good. Hey, one of the highlights was, though, the great thing about technology these days, I was in a caravan park in Catherine, mm. And I watched the Hawthorne GWS game uh-huh. on my phone. Yep. And it made me think about how great, how accessible the world is. Can you think of the most exotic location you've watched a sporting event on your phone mm. before? Because I, on my honeymoon back in 2015, mm. my wife and I were in, in Boracay in the, in the Philippines. I've been to Boracay. Hawthorne were playing Collingwood on a Friday night. Yeah. And I said, babe, we've got to find the game somewhere. <laughs> she said, do we? I said, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up finding some bar that they literally, I saw a guy open a cupboard and there were like a thousand cords that I'm pretty sure could access every satellite dish on the globe. And he was just putting, <laughs> plugging things in here and there. And he found the Hawthorne Collingwood game. We watched it in his bar in Boracay. Wow. I um, actually remember watching live sport for the first time on a plane and that blew my mind. Yeah. George, our producer, right, get a load of this. He's just told me this story. It made of his three weeks ago. I've, I've written down the details because it's so unbelievable. It was on a Turkish Airlines flight. From the Maldives to Istanbul, flight TK0731, <laughs> if you want to check it. And they showed live in the, in the in-seat entertainment, Port Adelaide versus the Gold Coast. Oh, wow. What True buster. story mm. on Turkish Airlines. Maybe they got a bit confused with the game of the round. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Hey, there was only two points in that one. Yeah. Uh, it's a beauty. It was a good one. Uh, I, the worst one I ever did was Lawrence Mooney uh, got married or renewed vows in Italy a few years ago in yep. Positano. Mm-hmm. And on the Friday afternoon, we went down the beach and we had a few. And I, so I was watching, because of the time difference, Friday night footy. Again, it was Hawthorne Collingwood. I was watching yep. on my phone. And somehow, I can't remember how, but I got hold of a loud hailer. 
So I'm on a beach in Positano <laughs> commentating the last five minutes on a loud, on a loud hailer. You can imagine how well that went down with everyone until eventually a bloke just walks up, doesn't say anything, just grabs it out of my hands. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. What do we think about the renewed vows? Good question. Concept. Yeah. Are we for it Love or necessary? against it? Look, if it's an excuse for a party. Yeah, it sounds yeah. expensive. Yeah. Sure. It's yeah. like gender reveals. They're, they're the new sort of parties. Are we having a boy? Are we having a girl? Yeah. But what I get about it, what I don't get about a gender Gender reveal is everyone cheers? Like, is there ever a response? I'd love to see a gender reveal. They go, oh, boom! I would like to see something different, like pick a random colour, orange in the balloon. Then you're, like, oh, what's this? Are there, are there, is there a, like, is there a non-binary colour? Am I getting controversial yeah, now? No, no. <laughs> Do I need to be careful? <laughs> Maybe we need one. Or, or a bookmaker, and you take the odds. You bet. Boy or girl, and that'll put some oh, then you get, spice it, into it. It brings yes. a bit of interest. Bit of interest. Yeah, got a bookmaker there. Yeah. I, don't, I don't mind the exploding golf balls that turn blue or pink. That's a bit of fun, isn't it? Mm. I, you know, my favourite is the... <laughs> to watch on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My favourite's the burnout. I mean, is there a more bogan way to do a gender <laughs> reveal where either pink smoke comes <laughs> off or blue smoke comes <laughs> I out? Seen yeah, that. I know. You can see it's like a donut <laughs> gender reveal. <laughs> I've seen the plane go over and like spray either the pink or the blue mist. That is really expensive, isn't it? Jay-Z, what would you say if Jane came to you and was like, we need to renew our vows? Be a hard sell. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we just go on a holiday? Yeah. <laughs> Do we need to? <laughs> uh, hey, very quickly wrap it up, guys. I just want to give a nod to Andrew Johns, one of the great commentary efforts during the week after uh, New South Wales lost the origin. Did you see it? Did you yeah. see this? Not, po- bi- not biased. Post-match. Joe, can you put a finger on where you think it went wrong for you, South Wales? Oh, just big moments. Yeah. Just the big moments. And now we have to listen to all the bullshit you just go on with for the next 12 months. Yeah. Drives you mad. <laughs> Very good. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, it brings a bit of spice. Why is, not? That is state of origin, right? Yeah, you don't have to hide it, do you? You don't have to hide your bias yeah. in, the, in the state of origin commentary. Saying it as it is. Yeah. I loved it. He was speaking on behalf of the fans. He was asked again the day after, though, what he thought about his comments. <laughs> no, it's a bit of <laughs> He'll get, there. He'll get over it. Hey, Limo, good to have you back. Yes. Thank you, team. Yes. Lovely to see you all. We will see you um, again shortly. Big occasion at Adelaide Oval to kick off Saturday afternoon footy, and that is the Crows taking on the Pies. And it is all about Scott Pendlebury. He becomes just the 20th player in AFL-VFL history to reach the 350-game milestone, the first Collingwood player to do so. Jay-Z, you're very close with Pendles. Well, I remember the greatest piece of advice Mike Sheen ever gave me was when you get your chance, put the champions on their pedestal. Because don't you reckon in modern journalism, Joe, like we're quick to like talk about is oh, Trent Cotchin retiring or is Jack Rewald done and is Gary Ablett finishing up? I think sometimes when you're dealing with the absolute champions of our game, even as they are in their final years, I still think it's really nice to celebrate them. And it's always stuck in my mind because Mike Sheen uh, was something that he said to me um, uh, really early when you get these cha- um, opportunities, you see the football public love just talking about their heroes. Don't talk them down, talk them up, right? Because they're yep. the, they're the best of the best. So <clears throat> Scott Pendlebury, between 2006 when he stepped into the league to 2022, how are these numbers, right? And we know how efficient and clean he is. He's a switchblade samurai warrior with the footy in hand. That's how precise he is. Don't laugh, Kath. But he's won the most number of disposals, the most number of uncontested possessions, the second most number of tackles, right? So he's going both ways. Clearances in that time, 17 years, 14th. 14th, 4th for score assists. And even this year, Joey, 
Fifth for disposal, sixth for uncontested positions, fifth for intercept positions, second for score assists. He is still, statistically speaking, the fourth best kick in the league. Yep. And that has always been his signature, hasn't it? That has been his trademark because he hits targets not in space as he's streaming down the wing, but he's able to tempt the tackler into that little into the um into the step, you know, fake him out, step round, and that hit that target. I think he's been the best kick hitting targets out of congestion, in traffic. Like I think Gary Ablett was a was obviously an amazing kick. But I think does anyone done it as well as Pendlebury? The- no one's, no one's got themselves out of traffic like Scott Pendlebury, absolutely. I mean, the way that he can create space for himself and by doing it almost in slow motion is a skill that very, very few players we've ever seen. So that's what stands makes Scotty Pendlebury stand out from, from all his contemporaries. He's got the poise, the grace, the class, the way that he plays. He's so safe. He's so reliable, played well in big games. He's been everything that you could ever ask for in a player and more. And the, the, the longevity too is of the, the level of high standard is also what stands out. You think about LeBron James as an example of someone to play at such a high level for so long. That's Scotty Pendlebury, and I wouldn't rule out 400 games, yep. Jay-Z, Kathy. So 350, he'll end up, if he plays the rest of the year and a couple of finals, close to 360. That's two more full seasons. I think he's absolutely able to play for two more full seasons, and I think he'll be the next um, player to get to 400 games. I liked this from Dane Swan. One of the best things about Pendle's career is the gap between his best and worst games is a small... Anyone who has played is as small anyone has yeah. played. Of the 350 of them, he has very rarely wasted one, and that's one of the reasons he's a legend of the sport, most consistent elite performer I've seen, yeah. which is hard to disagree with. Yeah. And then in, in mid-January, I think I was speaking to him, it was like the 12th of January. I said, hey, mate, what are you doing? He said, I've just run about 15 kilometres of hill sprints. So he's 34, he's coming into season 17, and he's still working as hard as anyone. And you add his smarts and football intelligence and I'm with you 400 absolutely within striking distance for this man. So that that was great insight from you talking about Mike Sheen's advice mm. of um, putting the champions of the game yep. on a pedestal. Do you think you've perhaps gone a step too far with Pendles though? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't spoken about this with anyone else, have you? Let's just take a listen to some of your interactions with the great man. Collingwood skipper and Jay's best mate, Scott Pendlebury. Where do you reckon Jay-Z sits mm. in Pendles' friendship list? Not that high. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had our uh, podcast with him, Scotty Pendlebury. And, and oh, he's oh, We nearly got the whole way through the show without the shoehorn hey. of Pendles. Does he spend as much time with you as he alludes to, and are you as good of friends as he continues to allude to when he comes in here? <laughs> no, look, he contacts me a fair bit. <laughs> I get back to him every now and again. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't really interactions with Scott Pendlebury. That was just you talking about Scott Pendlebury. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. But he's got 30 friends and family, I think, travelling over to Adelaide for today because when he broke Tony Shaw's um, games record, in front of empty stands up at the Gabba, I think, against Port Adelaide. So this one, he's got his friends and family there. It's going to be a full house there at Adelaide Oval and uh, hopefully a celebration. Do you think Collingwood... Uh, hang on a second. Well, Great deflection there. Yeah, I know. You yeah. weren't on that 30? Segway. Just missed out? <laughs> 31. <laughs> just happened to, just, just happen uh, to miss out. Do you th- what do you think, just broadly speaking for a second, Joey? Mm-hmm. So Collingwood shooting for eight in a row, knocking on the door of the top four, one of the best pressure sides in the competition. Yep. Is, is it... Re- is it Real or fake news about the Pies being a genuine threat in this year at the pointy end? 
How, how good is Collingwood? They can play in a prelim. They can win a couple of finals and play in a prelim. And, and as I keep saying, and this is the reference point, if you make a preliminary final, then anything is possible. Yep. So I, I still think that there are a couple of teams that have probably got a slight advantage and an edge over them in Geelong. regards to Geelong and Melbourne and, and probably Fremantle. But you get to a prelim, and we've seen it over the history, that anything can happen in preliminary finals, and Collingwood are capable of getting there. So they've got to they've got to keep their chances wide open. And they did it in 2018. Remember, they knocked off Richmond. They come as outsiders. Mason Cox kicked those goals early and st- knocked, off, right. um, knocked off the Richmond Tigers. are unbeatable mm. going into that prelim. Hey, Hawthorne hosts West Coast tomorrow afternoon at the MCG. What is going to be a really special match? It will be the Dare to Hope match in honour of 1991 Norm Smith medalist Paul Deere, who sadly <laughs> lost his battle with pancreatic cancer last week. Dare to Hope was founded by the Deer family to find better treatment for pancreatic cancer, and it will be a heartwarming occasion at the G and one Hawthorne defender Blake, Blake Hardwick sorry, will be involved in, and he's been good enough to join us on the line. Blake, thanks so much for your time. Been a tough week at Hawthorne following Paul Deere's passing plus Jack Gunston's father, Ray. But will be nice for everyone to come together tomorrow. Did you meet Paul? Uh, yeah, how you going? Um, yeah, Paul came out um, a little while ago and gave us um, uh, insight for what he's gone through and um, a speech. And it was yeah, it was one of the most amazing things um, I've been a part of. And he had some very wise words and something we'll all remember for a while. Can you can you let us in? What what what? Um, what I mean, he was just seemingly such a, a popular man and a really revered um, figure. Can you let us into what what sort of message he left you with or what impression he made? Oh, it's just his perspective on life and uh, making the most of it um, and that type of stuff. I couldn't remember word for word, but yeah, mainly his perspective on it, on life um, and how he went about it and helping others and not too much worrying about himself and coming to the end, more about others and um, what legacy he can leave, I guess. Yeah, nice. I mean, I think it's just a great opportunity for the Hawthorne Football Club to pay uh, tribute to both those men um, you mentioned, Kat. Hey, it's been an interesting season uh, for you, Blake. I mean, Joey and I, we discussed what what were the Hawks going to deliver in 2022, and there was a real sort of element of unknown. I thought about uh, you guys this year. You've you've unveiled uh, um, some youngsters. Josh Water thinks really exciting, and some of these guys, Sicily back, are taking a step forward. Much different sort of game plan, and you sit 14th on uh, five wins. Nice win last week. How have, how have you assessed your season, Blake? What would, is it? Has it been up to your expectations so far this year? Um, well, no, I would have would have liked more wins, but um, yeah, we've had little little wins along the way. As you said, we have some young guys um, coming to the team. We're one of the youngest teams in the league, so we've had some positive signs with some younger guys like Dylan Moore, and now Mitch Lewis stepping up. Um, yeah, Josh Ward, those type of guys. Um, we've been very inconsistent, but there's definitely been some positive signs. But we've, the main thing is we've been in most of the games, but we just have little lapses throughout quarters where the, the opposition will kick five or six goals in a row, and that's what's, that's what's killed us. So if we can um, keep developing and stop those lapses, then we'll be a lot closer in a lot of games. We're achieved the Hawks star defender, Blake Hardwick. And I must say, Blake, congratulations on your own season. I thought you've been excellent this year. You mentioned two names there. Jay-Z likes to do one on our show. He always does a pick one. Mm. I want you to pick one. You have to get off the fence. Who has surprised you more (laughs) with their development as a player, Dylan Moore or Mitch Lewis? Who surprised you more how good they are? Oh, yeah, good one. one. Yeah, that's what we do. He's Joe. He's patting himself on the back after (laughs) asking a question. You've seen them both develop. Who surprised you more the level they've got to? Um, oh, that's a tough one. I think probably only because I saw a lot from Maury last year as well, but this preseason, Mitch Lewis, um, 
yep. he really um, grabbed hold of our defenders this preseason and um, put on some clinics in the in the um, intra clubs and stuff like that. And then he's um, yeah transferred into the season, so it's been been amazing and he's um he's really one of the big key forwards in the league now yeah he's someone you can really kick to and, and uh target. Yeah, exactly. he's, he's becoming yeah. a big star hey you so, spoke about the start of the season not quite as many wins as you would have liked but you look ahead you had a good win against adelaide last week a real opportunity against west coast then you've got north melbourne and not a bad run home to finish i think you've only got one more team in the top eight what's sort of been that the conversations with sam mitchell about this last block of games for the season what's sort of the focus yeah we just want to keep uh, moving forward i guess when we look back on our past against the bottom teams, we've actually struggled. We've actually beat more of the higher-end teams than the bottom end. So um, we need to get our head in the right mindset and make sure we make sure we get some wins and keep moving forward and create some momentum. And for a younger group, it's all about creating that belief. So if we can get some wins towards the end of the year, it'd be very nice. And I think um, the game style change has been one of the most fascinating studies in this in this season so far, Kath and Joey, because you've had um, last year, obviously, Clarko was such, as, was such a defensive mastermind. And do you think, Blake, it's right in saying that Sam Mitchell has really tried to open the game up for Hawthorne to try and increase that offensive flair and, um, you know, a, a, attacking sort of method? Can you tell Hawthorne fans what it is differently that you've been trying to do with the ball in an ability to hit the scoreboard? Because yeah. there was a, probably a period where I think you only scored 100 points twice or three times in two and a half years. It, it did feel like yeah. you didn't have that scoring gear. But, yeah, can you tell us how that's sort of trying to change under, under Mitch? Yeah, it's no secret that we've been a, a lot more attacking this year. Um, Mitch was just all about everyone playing to their strengths. So um, no X's and O's. He doesn't tell us um, do this or don't this. It's more just... Um, more just playing to your strengths and I guess um, from the back line, yeah, we've got a lot of um, flary, quick top players so um, if you're just letting those kind of guys play to their strengths, it just flows on to a, to a more attacking mindset and yeah, as you said, um, Mitch loves getting over that 100 points mark so uh, whatever we can do to, to get that done, we, we love there is a lot of excitement in that back line. I reckon Blake's the one that has to pick up half their men. Oh, when, C- when CJ and all the boys, when they <laughs> yes, all take off, true. Blake, you just stand back in the back line and yell out <laughs> to the boys, hey, any chance you'd come and help me? And then everyone goes on and on about CJ and how good <laughs> yeah. CJ is. Poor Blake's picking up three men back there. <laughs> hey, Blake, we appreciate your time on Dead Set Legends. Good luck tomorrow. And as Joey said, you got a pretty good run home, so hopefully you can celebrate a few more wins. No worries. All good. Thank you very much. Uh, he's a good man, Blake Hardwick. And would you say Joey's one of the – one of the competition's most fearless and hardest. I think it's underrated how tough this bloke is. He sort of flies under the radar a little bit. Yeah. He's one of the toughest players in the league yeah. for mine. Oh, I reckon most teams have a, a Blake Hardwick in their side that yeah. probably doesn't get spoken enough about. I think Jaron Geary, who retired this week for the Saints, was that player. Just yeah. always uncompromising, tough defender. Tommy Atkins. Did the job. I reckon most clubs. And Blake's certainly that. Blake Hardwick is certainly that for the Hawks. He's been excellent. But I like what Mitch is doing. Open up the offensive side this year. They've got an elite defense with the personnel. They can tinker that, tighten that up next year. I think they can develop pretty quickly, the Hawks. Yep. You can imagine just quickly, on the, um, in the transition, the Clarko-Mitchell, it would have been an interesting fly-on-the-wall situation because Clarko and the senior team would have been coaching the defensive ways. He's always been going. And then Sam Mitchell, coach of Box Hill, would have been trying to bring in his new game plan. So I can, you know, Clarko got the lemon and sass early. Yep. I just wonder whether any of that friction... <laughs> 
played a factor um, in that because they're very different Well, I think styles. maybe, that, and it would be different mindset. I think Sam Mitchell would have a longer-term vision. So he's prepared to maybe cop some pain yep. for yep. a long-term game where Clarko was probably more in the in the now and the present, which mm. maybe is why the Hawks are prepared to be a bit more attacking but cop a few losses. But in the long run, it might hold them in good stead because they'll get both sides of the ball right at one stage. And when they can bulk up their midfield – with some more talent, watch okay. out. Watch well, out. he's been very vocal in saying that he is uh, implementing a game plan he believes will stack up in finals. So, yep, if it means coming a bit of pain in the meantime, then then they will do that. Uh, big game tonight at the MCG, Carlton v Geelong, and we haven't spoken a word about it. No. So we're going to next quick tip. Who are you going well, let's, tonight? Let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it next up. Yeah, we're going to tease that as well. <laughs> I can't give away. You and your teasing today. Probably Geelong. That's coming up next. <laughs> Joey, don't say who you're tipping. We've got to tease. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Cut that out, Leroy. <laughs> this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joey, Jane, Kath. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. Hey, a game we do not need to pump up all that much because uh, we're all pretty pumped about it already is Carlton v Geelong tonight at the MCG. Superstars everywhere you look on the field, when you look at the midfields, the forward lines, the defence, I mean... You've been strong on Geelong all season, Joey, their profile, how their game stacks up, and you're proven to be right with their game against Melbourne in Geelong. Was that last week? I'm getting my weeks muddled up. Yep. How do you think they'll go tonight against the Blues, well, who, who pose quite the threat in the midfield? I think they're the benchmark now for me, Geelong, at the moment. So they are the team that everyone is trying to, to beat and trying to get to. If the final started today, I think Geelong would be the favourites to win the flag. It's going to be interesting to see how the Blues stack up because when you just delve a little bit deeper into this season, Mel, um, Carlton, for as great as they've been, and we've all loved the Blues, we can all say that, they haven't played Brisbane, Melbourne, or Geelong yet this season, Jay-Z. Good so they haven't up. really been tested against the best. They've played Fremantle a couple of times for one win and one loss, um, and same as Richmond, one win and one loss. So we're still not exactly sure with where the Blues are. We believe that they're capable, and we've certainly seen it with their forward line and their powerful midfield, but we need to now see it against a well-drilled, hardened, seasoned professional footy team on a big stage. So I'm going to lean towards Geelong for that reason, but I love watching the Blues play, and I hope the big boys turn it on. I hope the midfield match Geelong's midfield with Cripps and et cetera, and it's a cracking game. But I think I have to say Geelong, for me, would be the, the safest bet in this game. For me, it's the test of the Carlton defence that we've been waiting for. So I know weedering back, and that was a, that was the thought of, sort of thing. That is where Carlton had to make its biggest improvement. They had to be um, more unified and consistent and systematic. And you've been saying all year that Carlton's defence has been going okay. It's been getting better, though, as the season's going on, has which it? is a good sign. Yeah. And they come up against... Tom and Jerry. Yep. Jeremy uh, Cameron and Tom Hawkins and Tyson Stengel is an all-Australian all contender. I feel like that is the part of the ground which I'm going to be most interested in because, as you said, we know Carlton's got the midfield. They've got the firepower forward. If their defense can stand up tonight against the best attacking combination in the competition, then that's when we rubber stamp the Blues. This is the moment. This is the absolute watershed moment in the season for the Carlton Football Club. This is where a spanner gets thrown in the works if Carlton beat Geelong tonight. If yeah. Carlton beat Geelong tonight, we'll be sitting tomorrow on Sunday we're going, wow, the Blues absolutely can win the flag. Most exciting matchup tonight? Um, oh, I think Crips in the middle. Yeah, Crips and Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah. love them both. Hey, get yep. a quick, quick, give me one and both of you. Yep. For Kerno Mackay, Cameron Hawkins, total of 12 goals between them. More or less than 12 goals between those four tonight? Ooh, More. It's a, it's a good one. Um, 
less. I'm going to go the unders. <laughs> what do you think? What do you, go? what do you think? I think they'll kick 12 exactly. Exactly. Oh, because good... I've gone more. You've gone less. You've gone 12 yep. exactly. So we will revisit this it. next Saturday. Yep. Tip, uh, tip, uh, tip. Geelong? I've gone Geelong. The Cats? Yeah. yeah. I it just would... realised I just looked at my tits. I went St Kilda So did night. I. And I did it early in the week and I would have tipped the bull. Oh, anyway. Bulldogs for me. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. I'm, I'm going first. Okay. Going yeah. first. This is right, we down, the, this is right down the wheelhouse of give me a spell. We know there's inflation. We know we've got issues with trade costs, import, the energy prices, and all these sorts mm. of things, and everything is costing more. But what about this the sausages at Bunnings? What's happened? Have you not seen? No. They've upped the price from $2.50. What? They're now $3.50 for a sausage at Bunnings. 300 stores. Across Victoria, they've you're, gone up. You're telling me you can't afford the extra dollar? That's the fact that why? How could sausages have gone up a dollar at Bunnings? It's Give a me a spell. Three dollars fifty now okay. for sausages at Bunnings. It's been an institution. Now you're gonna have to pay. Oh, more. it's a bit of a charity thing. Though, Come isn't on, it? Charity, <laughs> like, it is a donation. That's like, right. Really surely, surely you don't need to up the, the prices by a dollar. I think that's for a pretty good value. Yeah, yeah, sausage in a bun oh, for right, three dollars. Oh, you two got good ones. <laughs> Come on, hey, uh, I've got to give me a spell, Nick Kyrgios. Now I tried to back you in. I tried to really appreciate your work and your authenticity and all that. But to carry on potting your own uh, players' box for not clapping loud enough, like, was so awkward. And it looks stressful being in that box. Oh, I was terrible. Give me a spell, Nick. I, I've, you might have lost me forever. Yeah. Give me a spell for me. It's Triple M spending my spelling at my last name wrong again. Got my new tag for our new digs, and oh. it's Lock Ren. <laughs> Come on, give me a spell. <laughs> Your dead set legend. Triple M's dead set legend of the week. We've been there for it all. Four and twenty. Australia's original fan food. Mate, you are a legend. We've already pumped up Scott, Scotty Pendlebury, but game 350 for him today. Congratulations to Scott Pendlebury. But also, I want to give Jaron Geary a mention, yes. former teammate of mine, former captain, been a wonderful role model at St Kilda for a oh, long no. time, as tough as they come, as resilient as they come. Well done to Jaron Geary, Scotty Pendlebury. You can be uh, the equal dead set legend of the We've league. got to go because JC needs to catch flight to Adelaide, yep. but Scotty Pendlebury's 350th game. This is Triple H's dead set legends, Joe Cap. Triple M's Dead Set Legends is done for another Saturday. Yeah. So, uh, well done, Joe. Your hard work's being rewarded. Just some of my best work. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark, and Fox Footy's Kath Lockman. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. You go for it. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Make sure you do a little bit of training. Keep yourself in good shape. Don't come back too fat. That was always <laughs> my little one. Dead Set Legends.